Hello, I'm Randy. And I'm Beth. And this is Brother Knows Quest, the podcast where I, your host, introduce my sister to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. Beth, do you know what we're talking about today? I never do. I know. Well, I had been on a Apocalypse World Games, but since this just came out and I really like it, I wanted to kind of shove this one in between all those. We'll go on with those later. It is this, Beth. That's a duck. Dragon Bane. Dragon Bane from Free League Publishing. It was an older game. and They've decided to modernize it and release it in English. Let me tell you what it says on the back. In the oldest times, the world was ruled by dragons and demons. They were the primordial forces through which the world and its primeval matter was formed. They were opposing principles that made the world complete. Law and order versus chaos and madness. Dragons versus demons. It comes in a nice little box set. It's got a map, set of dice, treasure cards, initiative cards. Cards, numbered 1 to 10, are how you do your initiative. It comes with little minis or cutouts. You have little cutout stands, so you have characters you can stand up or monsters. Uh, it comes with pre-made character sheets, some blank character sheets. And it comes with all kinds of stuff, like two different maps, actually. One's just a battle map, and one's a region map. It comes with a large adventure, which is a series of smaller adventures. And it comes with the rule books. I asked about the version that came with a GM screen. Now, what we're going to do first, since the setting is more of a, I think it's called the Misty Veil, but I really won't talk about it till later because it will contain a few spoilers, and it warns us not to actually go into that. As soon as you pick up the book, it says, this is for the GM, do not read this book. So I won't go into that first, I'll go into more the characters and stuff like that. By the way, that's called a mallard. And it's murderous. A murderous duck. Yes. (laughs) Humanoid. How you create your character, they call them kin. You choose your kin, uh, note down your innate ability that the kin has, choose a role for your profession. All these, you could choose a role, except for your uh, innate ability, because whatever your role for your kin will have an innate ability. Uh, so you roll for your kin, roll for your profession, roll for your age, roll for your name, if you want to. All these things can be chosen, by the way. You don't have to roll, but I like to roll for things when they give you an option. Roll for your attributes, calculate your derived ratings for those attributes, choose your trained skills, note your heroic ability, choose or roll your weaknesses, choose or roll your gear, choose or roll your memento, and choose or roll your appearance. It comes with all that. You have human, halfling, dwarf, elf, mallard, which is... Murderous ducks. Yes. Or wolfkin, which are wolfkin, I mean... Just the name. It's a dog-like person. Anthropomorphic dog people. Each kin has an innate ability that no other kin can learn. Mallards have two. Most cases, using such abilities require willpower points. That just determines how much you can use your special abilities or magic, depending on what you are. All of these can speak common tongue, but non-human kin often have their own language that few humans can understand. So they know two tongues, usually. You have humans are the last born. They're a, a younger race. The other kin have songs and Legends about times before the dawn of humanity. Today, the humans have spread across much of the known world. And it has some sample names for your character. You could roll on 1d6, like Joran, Tim, Lothar. You have adaptive. costs three willpower points to do this. When rolling for a skill, you can choose to make the roll using another skill of your choice. You must be able to justify how you use the selected skill instead of the normal one to your GM. That's very useful. You are quite adaptive. Then you have dwarfs. Dwarfs are the oldest of the elder folk, at least according to their own chronicles. They're immensely proud, traditional people. Dwarfs feel a strong connection with the bedrock and the roots of the world, which makes sense. They are known to be tunnelers and builders. Uh, They are blacksmiths, artisans. They can craft wondrous items. 
warriors are armed with axes, warhammers, and other heavy melee weapons forged with their underground smiths. Well, let's go over the unforgiving willpower points. Three. This is for dwarfs. You can activate this ability when attacking someone who harmed you in the past for at least one point of damage and get a boon, which is basically your version of advantage. You roll two dice and take the better number and get a boon on the roll. It does not matter when the damage was inflicted. It may be wise to write down the names of everyone who harms you so you don't forget them. And you have names like Erd, Tront, Hollywood, stuff like that. But they call it unforgiving. And that's the dwarfing thing. I kind of like that. Somebody ever harms you, you just never forgive them. And then you get halflings. Halflings are short humanoids often found on hilly farmland where they live in earthen dwellings and well-stocked larders. Basically a hobbit, but they can't say that. Halflings are neither warlike nor ambitious, but highly drawn to epic tales and beautiful songs from days long gone. I mean, they're pretty much hobbits. I don't know what else to say. But they do have cool names like Snappy, Brian, Bumble, Ability, Hard to Catch, Willpower Points 3. That's what it calls you can activate this ability when dodging an attack, getting a boon to evade roll. So you get advantage on evading things. Elves. The elves are ancient kin that, for eons, have watched over the forest of the world. They're driven by more metaphysical concerns than the lust for gold and glory, often found in dwarves and humans. Includes many powerful warriors in their race, skills with both sword and bow. You get names like Elwanor. I'm not even going to try to pronounce some of these. And they have the ability Inner Peace, which costs no willpower points, apparently. As an elf, you can meditate deeply during a stretch of rest. You heal additional D6 HP and D6 will points. You can recover from additional conditions. You are completely unresponsive during the meditation and cannot be awakened, though. So that, that's pretty reliable. Kin. The wolfkin. Wolfkin are the untamed fury of the wilds. A highly intelligent creature, they have an unfailing tendency to sink into thought pondering the mysteries of the universe. Under the surface are ancient hunting instincts and unquenchable anger over past wrongs committed against the wolfkin. They're usually armed mercenaries, mystics, and uh, healers in human settlements. They have the hunting instincts through willpower points. You can use this ability to designate a creature insight or a creature you can catch the scent of as your prey. This counts as an action in combat. You can follow the scent of your prey for a full day, and you can spend one further will point to gain a boon to attack against your prey. They have names like Wild, Lurium, and Frostbite. I like that. Now, the Mallard. The origins of the Mallard are shrouded in mystery. Some say they came from a mighty island realm that was swallowed by the sea thousands of years ago. Others believe them to be a result of failed magical experiments. But now they're common sight in the world. They have a knack for trade. They seek their fortunes as brigands, pirates, mercenaries. Despite their diminutive size, they are fierce in battle and feared by many for their murderous rage they go on. Let me tell you about their <laughs> names first. Splats, McGee, Quixum, Haskwell. I like Quixum. Anyway, they have two abilities. The first one doesn't cost any willpower points, and it's called Web Defeat. As a mallard, you also gave them boon to all swim rolls. You can always move at full speed in or underwater. But Ill-Tempered is the one that costs three willpower points. Mallards tend to have a chaotic temper. You can activate this ability, not an action, when making a skill roll and get a boon to the roll. You can also become angry if you're not already. This ability cannot be used for rolls against intelligence or intelligence-based skills because you're angry and not thinking straight because you're a, a duck. I should also tell you about the professions. There are 10. You could be an artisan, a bard, a fighter, a hunter, a knight, a mage, a mariner, a merchant, a scholar, or a thief. A lot of these are familiar to anybody who's played fantasy games, or just by their name is familiar. 
but I want to mention some details about the ones that are not as common, like artisan with a decent hammer, a trowel, and mortar. A skilled artisan can astonish even the gods. They are builders, bricklayers, blacksmiths, tanners, coopers. They bring order and structure out of the chaos of their creations. They build bridges, houses, fortifications, forge weapons and tools. Your key attribute is strength, your skills of axes, brawling, craftsmen, knives, hammers. Your heroic ability could be master blacksmith, master carpenter, or master tanner. You have nicknames like stone hammer, wood cleaver, iron master. Now that's not something even D&D's uh, artificer does. It, they don't they can build odds and ends, but it's very specific. You can be a master carpenter on an adventure in this game. I guess that's what Mario is, but he's a plumber. The Mariner, uh, there's a fighter in D&D, I think, called a swashbuckler. Maybe it's a rogue. I can't remember. But this makes me think of that. The Mariner. Some seafarers are forever sworn to the high seas. Others stick to rivers and lakes. But all of them have one thing in common. A symbolic relationship with the element of water and often in a specific lake, river, or bay. Coastal pirates, privateers, and surly ferrymen to whalers, explorers, and authoritative captains of maritime trade expeditions. There's a lot of things you could be if you're a mariner. Their agility is their best tribute. Skills are like acrobatics, awareness, swimming, swords, stuff like that. Heroic ability is sea legs. They have nicknames like whitewater and uh, salt splash and sea dog. And then you have a merchant. Can you imagine? You're an artisan, a merchant, probably a duck at the same time. Um, <laughs> or a pirate. I mean, all these things are just amazing to me. Buying cheap and selling dear is the golden rule of merchants. No commodity too complex, no deal too small or insignificant. Inside every piece of copper is a future gold coin. And inside every creature, living or undead, is a customer with needs and dreams of luxury. Some merchants run permanent shops in towns or villages and other settlements. Others travel with trade caravans and adventuring companies in constant search of exotic luxury goods, new customers, and marketable artifacts. Their best skill is charisma, obviously. Their skills are awareness, bartering, bluffing, evade, knives, persuasion, sleight of hand, spot hidden, and their heroic ability is treasure hunt. They have nicknames like Silver grin, gold tooth, skin flint, lard belly. <laughs> That's polite. Yeah. Scholar, which looks like a Renaissance era Scrooge McDuck to me. He's Oh yeah, I've seen that too. <laughs> yeah. It does. Um let's see what it says about scholar. A scholarly individuals gather knowledge about nature and the shrouded history of the world. Some are specialists with specific areas of expertise, such as monsters, plants, or the dead languages of the world. Others pride themselves in avoiding limitations and dedicating themselves to an all-encompassing, non-discriminatory pursuit of knowledge, where the mating calls of dragons, the foaming of beer, and the inner workings of minerals are all covered by the same academic system. They are often versed in myth, legend, and folklore, obviously, and ancient languages. Their key attribute is int, intelligence. They have awareness, beast lore, myth, legends, spot hidden, healing, stuff like that. And their heroic ability is intuition. <laughs> and their nicknames can be things like Dustling, Farsight, The Lettered, The All-Knowing, The Plump and Learned. Those are the more odd professions you can come across in this game. Joey's afraid of geese. I mean, they're very vicious. Yeah, but this is clearly a duck and not a goose. It's a mallard. It's right in the name. What's a mallard? A type of duck. Ducks aren't usually that vicious. Mine are very sweet. I got runner ducks. But he apparently got attacked by a bunch of geese one time, and now he's afraid of them. Well, they do. They can be vicious. So, 
I mean, they, I they, think it would be funny to go after him as a duck. <laughs> you dress as a or play as a duck. <laughs> um, there have effects of age on here. You roll a d six, one through three, you're young. Four or five, adult, and six, you're old. You can have six plus two trained skills if you're young. You can have six plus four trained skills if you're adult, and six plus six trained skills if you're old. But if you're old, you get negative two to con, agility, and strength, and plus one to wisdom and intelligence. If you're adult, you get no pluses or minuses to anything. It's just a blank slate. But if you're young, you have agility and constitution plus one. I kind of rather play old, to be honest. I want to be a duck. Uh, An old duck. That's fine. As long as I'm a duck. A murderous duck. Yeah. It tells you how to roll your scores. 4d6, remove the worst die. There's other ways to roll. It has options. Attributes. Strength, constitution, agility, intelligence, willpower, and charisma. Um, They have a list of weaknesses you can pick. Gullible, greedy, gluttonous, kleptomaniac, vain, reckless, fearful of magic, crave knowledge, child of the wild, boastful, violent. Of course, magic is based on your intelligence. Uh, They have encumbrance rules in here, but it's pretty simple. You can carry a number of items equal to half your strength score rolling, uh, rounding up. Experience. Adventure brings many challenges. If you survive, you get some experience. Um, When you have rolled a dragon or a demon, which is what they call it if you roll a, uh, you roll under on this game. So rolling a one is the dragon. It's the best roll you can do. Rolling a 20 is a demon, which is the worst roll you can do. So you roll under on this game. That's pretty cool. But the GM will ask you certain questions. Did you participate in the game session? Did you explore a new location? Did you defeat one or more dangerous adversaries? Did you overcome obstacles without using force? Did you give in to your weakness? It's an optional one right there. If you answer some of those questions or all of those questions, you get to mark experience. After placing your marks, roll a d20 for each of them, for each skill that you might have used. Uh, if a result exceeds your current skill level, it is increased by one up to a maximum of 18. You can have up to 18 in your skill level. You can also have a teacher teach you a new skill or get, make you better at one. You could get new heroic abilities during play through two different ways. When you increase a skill level to 18, you immediately gain a new heroic ability. After a grand heroic deed, the GM or the uh, adventurer can reward you with a uh, heroic ability. Or if you overcome one of your particular weaknesses that you have. Yeah, rolling a d20. Boons and banes, good and bad. You can get st- uh, advantage or disadvantage. It's a big part of it. And I'd already talked about the dragons and demons. One is a dragon, 20 is a demon. You can push your roll to do a little bit better, but you can't push a demon. You'd never be able to re-roll that one. But if you do push your rolls, which basically means I'd like a uh, to do better at this, pretty much, you get certain um, weaknesses for a while. You get afflictions, like exhausted, sickly, dazed. They all affect different things, like uh, angry is for intelligence. It's bad for that. Scared is bad for your will. You could also get help from others. Gives you a boon. Some of the heroic abilities they list is backstabbing, assassin, master chef, iron fist. Sounds pretty cool. You draw your initiative. Uh, number one, acts first. Number two, acts second, and so on, up to ten. You could choose to wait and trade, pretty much trade your place with someone else if they want to go before. Ten? Yeah, one to ten. <clears throat> As in ten people are playing. That's if you have that many. But it's I was going to say, where do you find that many people yeah, no, that right. you even like? You have actions like dash, melee attack, obviously, ranged attack, parry, dodge. Parry requires a shield, and even if you parry or dodge, it takes your turn. So you have to decide, am I going to attack 
or am I going to dodge my attack coming at me this turn? And when you're done taking your turn, you flip your card over. That tells you what initiative you had. So everybody knows you already win. Combat is dangerous because you do you can either defend or take the attack and make your own attack when your turn comes up. It's up to you, but you can do first aid, rally, you know, uh, persuade another character to as you hit points to keep them on in, in the fight. Activate an ability, cast a spell, help someone. There's so many things you can do as an action, but you only get the one action. There's free actions like uh, dropping a, to the ground or shouting a few words. If you roll a demon in combat, it has a D6 list of things that could happen. You drop your weapon at your feet, picking it up as an action, so you lose your dodge and your attack options. Um, expose yourself to the enemy. You cannot dodge or be parry or parry whatever's coming at you. Weapon cuts into a d- deep into an object and gets stuck. You accidentally toss your weapon. 3d3 meters (laughs) you slam your weapon into something hard and damage it or you hit yourself by mistake roll damage as usual yeah special attacks find the weak spot topple someone over grapple disarm so you can deliberately find a weak spot on something and attack that particular spot and they go on to warn you again your most precious resource is your action do you want to attack or wait you might want to plan to see who's going to be hit next so running away is not an option it can be yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that's my option. Yeah, yeah that's in there. Uh, demon roll in ranged combat. You drop your weapon at your feet. You run out of arrows. You hit a valuable or important item nearby. You break your weapon. You accidentally hit a random player character or NPC. You hit yourself by mistake. I've done that before. I shot an arrow at a tree and it ricocheted and hit me in the leg. I mean, that was in real life when I was a kid. You have critical hits. How you roll your damage. Armor subtracts from the damage. Survival and injuries. You get deep wounds, broken legs, broken arms. It has injury table. Uh, if you've been reduced to zero hit points but survived, you risk a severe injury. You have to roll against your con. If you fail, you get one of the injury table rolls. You have prepared spells if you're a spellcaster. Metal don't normally re- react well to magic, so you shouldn't be wearing metal if you're doing that. Magical mishaps are really cool if you do badly on your magic roll. Another random spell of yours is activated. You vomit a frog the moment you try to tell a lie and until you roll a one on a D4. It happens every day. You can't tell a lie without vomiting a frog. Any gold or silver you touch turns to dust unless you roll a one on a D4. Amnesia, you forget who you are and the other players are. The spell you cast also affects your friends. Uh, the spell backfires. You turn into an animal. It has a whole list of animals. They become a one category younger. So you could become a baby if you're already young. You become one category older. Your magic attracts a demon. That's the worst thing that can happen. Beastier, you have demons, dragons, ghosts, giants, spider, goblins, griffins, harpy, manticore, minotaur, orc, skeleton troll, white, vampire bats, common animals. Tells you a whole list on how to journey in here. Tells you how the weather and mishaps. I mean, this is it travel rules better than I've ever seen in D&D. This is the part that might be a little bit spoilery, more of the setting. If you're a player, you might not want to hear this, but this is kind of just a history leading up to the mess. Uh, a thousand years ago, a vile demon, Sathmog, came to our world. His prophet was a village priest named Azrael Koth. The demon whispered dark secrets to his ear until his magic grew so powerful that he could open a rift between the worlds and allow his dark master to take a physical form. With Koth as his herald, Sathmog proclaimed a demonic realm in the world of humans that lasted two centuries. It was a time of darkness and evil, one of incredibly rapid human expansion at the expense of elderkin, dwarves, elves, giants, and halflings. As time passed, the, uh, Opposition to Sathma grew until one day a young hero named Eledian managed to summon an ancient dragon 
charged with guarding the world from demonic influence. Mounted on Dragonback with the Elder Kin as his allies, Elidian finally defeated the demon. Koth was captured, but since his master had made him immortal, Elidian's knights could not slay him, no matter how hard they tried. That would have been a sight to see. Instead, he was imprisoned in a crypt under an island in a lake, in a remote valley, guarded by warriors uh, sentenced to remain at their post until the end of days. Sentenced? So they might have been bad people, otherwise ordered would have worked. Um, Elidian founded a new empire. Worship of dragons and their cleansing fire was common. Elden folk grew weary of humanity's advance. Many left, so they traded, you know, one crow master for one they didn't care for. Elidian started to distrust and fear the dragons who had carried him to victory against Sethmog. To secure his power, the dragon emperor sacrificed part of his soul to forge Um Durum, a magical sword with power to slay dragons and demons alike. Finally, the humans would be free and independent of primeval beings. When Elidian eventually passed away, the sword was hidden in a crypt, as the dragon priests believed the weapon to be dangerous. Obviously, they worshipped dragons. After his death, a powerful struggle broke out between his sons, and the empire took a tyrannical turn. Who could have saw that coming? All protests against the dragon knight's rule were severely punished, and the realm was best by strife. Finally, the dragons turned their backs on the empire, which collapsed shortly thereafter. Uh, Savage orcs invaded much of the region, and humans were forced into exile. The story will lead up with the characters having to take on the vile cult leader from today, the demon's lord's assistant. It's a fairly large setting. It's got plenty of stuff in it. I love the lore. I'm pretty sure this guy's a lich, just by the cover art. I'm not sure. I've rattled on about this. Do you think you would like to play it, if nothing else, for a, a swashbuckling duck? Yeah. I want to be a murderous duck. Uh, ill-tempered duck. I could be very good at being an ill-tempered duck. I know. I love the duck thing. Uh, that ain't the only reason I came to the game. I came to it because it's fairly simple to play. And you know, I'm a big fan of simple games. As a longtime GM and DM, I like simple games. And I don't have to do many rolling in this. It's mostly the other players that roll. Like Cypher System, I love that. Wait a minute. Is this from that message that you sent me a picture and it said something about webbed feet or here's. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that... OK. I completely forgot about it. And then I realized it said something about um, having a lesser brother, even though they were older. And I was <laughs> I like, oh, you're right. It. That is me. I may not have webbed feet, but I do have an ill temper and I have a lesser brother. I don't remember. I didn't see that part. I just seen the webbed feet part. <laughs> and the fact it was an assassin duck. And I said, Beth, I like this. And then you pointed out the other stuff. <laughs> I know I could get you to play this because it's not really complicated. And I mean, really, all you got to do is say, yes, I'm going to try and dodge this or not and roll to do your attacks. And I just kind of chill. And you can play as an angry assassin duck. I couldn't talk about the setting without being a major spoiler because the setting book is literally the adventure book. So I'd have to read the adventure book and then tell you about the adventure. But it does have a lovely map that comes with it. If you like the idea of playing this or want to look more into it, we will have affiliate links for this game in the description. The PDF will be from DriveThruRPG and the print version will be from Amazon. If you use those links to buy it, it helps us out. The PDF is cheaper and I think there's a free PDF as well, like a sample. If you want to get into the quick start rules from drive through, I'll put in there. Uh, these are all from Free League. I have a whole bunch more Free League stuff I'll cover eventually, but I'm going to go back to Apocalypse World Engine after this one. Just I just want to cover this because I liked it and it just came out and I just got it. We have a podcasting network called Gruesome Gaming Group. Three podcasts in the network. Uh, this one and Leveling Duo. It's a podcast for me and my friend Dakota talk about video games that we really like or ones that have just came out and we're just getting into and really want to talk about. Stuff like that. 
uh, we also have horrific history and hauntings. It's exactly what it sounds like, but my sister tells me about horrific history or hauntings or both. I do more talking in that one because I have to come up with the topics and research it and tell it. We're also on YouTube now. In the description, there'll be a YouTube link to all of our podcasts. Or if you're watching it on YouTube, there'll also be the podcast website where you could just subscribe and listen from there if you'd rather do that. Any of them that you can leave a review on or like and subscribe, please do. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what you'd like to hear us cover. That'd be nice too. But thank you for listening. I've been Ramey. And I'm Beth. And this has been Thriller Nose Quest. Bye-bye.